Welcome to Productive Flow, where we answer the eternal question, why can't I get myself to do the things I know I should be doing? Here's the secret I've found. Productivity is rooted in emotion. True productivity and success come only when we heal the emotions driving our behaviors and remove all those internal roadblocks. I'm your host, Angela Kristen Taylor. I'm an entrepreneur, writer, speaker, and I've been right where you are. I've asked myself that same question a thousand times, and it only took me 20 years to figure out the answer. In each episode, we'll go deep into the emotional roadblocks and a brand new integrative approach that I call Productive Flow, bringing together your emotion, your energy, your time, and your focus to help you create natural productive flow and achieve higher levels of success in business and in life. Now, let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Productive Flow. And we have the illustrious Jenna Banks with us today. And uh, so Jenna Banks is a social entrepreneur. She's a real estate investor, an author, a speaker. She's a self-love advocate, which, oh, you know how much we love that. All right. So she her work has been featured in media outlets to include Forbes and ABC, NBC, Authority Magazine. So she has been all over. And against all odds, she pivoted from this self-loathing survivor of a traumatic childhood, which, as you know, that's a lot of us here, including me, and a nearly fatal suicide attempt. So um, just know that, you know, she has been through it and to a fully now fully empowered woman who really knows her worth. You guys, I can't say enough about that just simply because we've all been through so much and being able to see, especially when you're in that messy middle, how to come out of it and be on the other side of it and see that, yes, success is possible. Jenna is such a great role model for you to look up to and say, she has been through this, maybe even more than what you've been through. And that she has come into this space of success. So following her passion for entrepreneurship, she started a home-based business with a GED $400 and a laptop. Then she sold that business in 2019, you guys, for $500,000, half a million dollars. Having achieved business success, she's now focused on her mission to fulfill what she sees as her ultimate life's purpose. I love that. (laughs) Helping women embrace their value and power through self-love. Now, her new book titled, I Love Me More, How to Find Happiness and Success Through Self-Love, recently released and is available at bookstores across the U.S., as well as online. So Jenna, thank you so, so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Uh, Welcome to Productive Flow. Thank you for such a warm welcome. Very happy to be here and have this important conversation with you today. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's really important to get this message out there. And uh, so many of us have been through so much. Mm. And that's why I wanted to share my story because it is a story of overcoming all of that to get to a very powerful place of success and happiness and joy and realizing that, you know, overcome, I overcame all of that. 
And I realized that I did it in my own unique way and self-love was the key. And now I just want to share that message with everyone that I can, because there is a way to get there. And yeah. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely love that. So, so tell us, tell us the, the background, the story that, that leads up into this success and, and, and where you came from and how you got to, to where you are today. Yeah, it, it was a long journey, not an easy one. Yeah. I was raised in a very strict home of five children. I was the oldest uh, from another mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that doesn't already set you up for that, it was me too. <laughs> was that you too? <laughs> it was me too. Oh there my goodness. Six kids, but three groups of two. I was the oldest. And so I was from another mother in one household and from another father in the other one. Oh my goodness. Yes. You know exactly what that's like. I don't know about you, but it, it formed this overwhelming sense of responsibility within me Mm -hmm. because I was the oldest and there were so many babies and my, you know, stepmother relied on me for a lot of help. Mm. Um, but yet I was the, the daughter from another mother. So I was always treated differently. Didn't quite get the same love and affection as yeah. the other children. Um, and because I had that tie still with the other family, it made it kind of funny because they didn't have that control over what that information was being given to me. And we were in a very strict religious home. So they were very Mm. careful about putting us in a bubble. I went to Christian school. We went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. My father was usually involved with the church. We relied on the church. We were very poor. So we didn't have a lot growing up. We clipped coupons for all of our meals. And sometimes we didn't even have enough money for food and had to rely on the church for donations. So it was a bubble that we were living in, Mm -hmm. a very strict, strict bubble. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. Okay. So tell us a little bit more. What was that? um, I mean, I understand that whole process and what happens as a child when you're in a situation like that, because, you know, it does get us to a point where we feel like especially in that particular situation that we're describing here, that everybody else deserves this extra treatment that for some reason we just don't get, right? right. And so it kind of leaves you with this feeling of, I'm, I'm not as good as these others. Mm-hmm. Or I, I can give because they're relying on me and they're taking from me and that that's acceptable, but I can't receive anything back. Yeah, it's so true. I formed this overwhelming sense of responsibility, which mm-hmm. I came to later find out much later in life that that is a limit, was a limiting belief of mine and ended up affecting all of my relationships. Um, I took on other people's pain as my responsibility, other people's everything is my response, that the relationship is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot to uphold. And that all stemmed from a limiting belief that I formed as a child that I am responsible for the outcome of everything, including those in my life. And uh, yeah, so it's amazing how much trauma ends up informing our adult lives. So I was traumatized on many levels. Um, There was uh, physical abuse that happened in the name of God. And it was just, it was a horrible way to live. You were always in fear of 
you know, getting caught for doing something. We were punished for everything from lying to eating candy because we weren't supposed to, to watching something at a friend's house because it was secular television, not Christian or not an approved leave it to beaver kind of a show. So it was a very strict home and, and very traumatic to grow up. in. I ended up leaving at the age of 14. Wow. Because I just, you know, I, I wanted to see what else was out there and this wasn't working. And I was just living in this place of fear and, um, oppression for so long. And I just knew there was more in me that I could be expressing. And I just, I didn't want to be at that point, I wasn't quite suicidal, but I just didn't want to live in these situ in this situation that I was in. So I spoke up to my father. He's like, where will you go? And I said, well, I I, I didn't know. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was just bold enough to say something. Um, And uh, he said, well, where would you go? And I said, well, I'd like to live with my mother. And he's like, well, okay. And so she ended up saying yes. And we didn't really know each other. Well, I spoke to her once or twice a year. She was, she gave me up when I was like very young, like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to live with her, I'm thinking, yay, you know, there were no rules. She didn't, she didn't care about what I did or really anything about me. And I just was happy for the freedom, but that also ended up being, you know, just, not great for me because there was no love, no concern. I slept on the couch. I cried myself to sleep most nights because she was very mentally abusive. So I went from a physically abusive home to a mentally abusive home. She would drink. She would leave me horrible letters, like just reaming me and basically wishing I wasn't around. And um, it was very horrifying. And it basically turned me into someone who was very numb emotionally because I was so sensitive and just constant pain, constant, you know, daily almost. I mean, she would just crush me. And um, eventually I went numb, you know, and that's, uh, I left her home at the age of 16 uh, and just kind of jumped around from friends' houses, landed at my grandparents' house. Now at that point, I'm still in high school, but barely attending. I barely attended high school because I was jumping around so much and uh, couldn't really focus Um, And then I became suicidal at at that point because I couldn't feel, I mean, imagine, I don't know if anyone listening has ever been there, but I can't even imagine what that would be like now, not feeling, but I couldn't feel anything, not happy, not sad, not good, not bad, not mad, nothing. And I eventually wanted to just die. And so I was on a death mission, had multiple suicide attempts. The last one led me in the hospital in a coma. And I would have died had my boyfriend at the time not found me convulsing, called the ambulance, they pumped my stomach, and I was there for many days. Um, and so, yeah, I almost did not make it. But uh, but there was a reason for me being here. And um, exactly. yeah, and that was, you know, thankfully, uh, things did change. What did turn on my emotions was getting pregnant at the age of 19. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, you might think, oh my God, and she got pregnant at 19. Yes, but you know what? It saved my life. Um, yeah. My boyfriend at the time, he he was a foreign exchange student. He went back to Howland where he came, mm-hmm. you know, lived. And we found out I was pregnant when he was there. We decided to get married and make a go of it. Mm-hmm. I moved to Howland and really just had time to myself to really just kind of 
do some introspection, do a yeah. little growing. I have to worry about surviving at that point. It was now focused on being a good mom and giving my son what I didn't have and yeah. all of that. And then that really just started changing things for me. But um, so that was the beginning of me kind of coming into myself, tuning into myself, tuning mm-hmm. into these emotions that I now had, starting yeah. to learn to actually trust these feelings that I was having. And uh, when we came back to the States, I was 21, 22, something like that. We ended up divorcing uh, because that marriage was not working out. Um, And how could it? You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what a good relationship was. And we we got married for, you know, what seemed like the right reasons, but they certainly weren't based on us having an amazing relationship. So that divorce happened and now I'm a single mom, 22, but now I'm back in the States and I have a new lease on life. I have my emotions back. I'm the mother of an amazing son. And now I just wanted to focus on my career and Mm -hmm. just learning to, you know, trust these instincts of mine that were leading me in the right direction. And it may sound crazy to have left home at the age of 14, but I truly believe facing that fear, facing that, right? Because I talk about this in my book a lot. This feeling that you have when you're facing this fear, Mm. right? And this is something I really wanted to hit home because it was, it was so scary when I was 14 to stand up for the first time. You're in this oppressed situation where you don't have a voice and to be like, Hey, I don't want to be here anymore. I want change in my life. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but anything is better than this. And facing that fear and just doing it to this person who was my father, who was this oppressor in my life, that was so scary. But when I did it, it felt so good. It was like, yes, yes, it's out. It's out. Who knows what the future holds, but change is going to happen. And I think that that's Sometimes the scariest part for us and the hardest part is getting to that point of like, well, well, what happens if I leave this relationship? What happens if I leave this secure job and go to start my own company? It's scary. It's scary. What happens if I confront my family member? Right? It's scary doing these things. And so that fear tends to hold us back. Yeah. I can't even imagine where I'd be today if I didn't face that fear and leave that house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's facing that fear and getting through it and trusting my intuition and trusting that call that there's something else out there has always led me to better things. It's always led me to better things. And so if you fast forward to all through my 20s and 30s, learning to tune in to getting to the point where, yes, despite my GED, I was able to move up the corporate ladder, trust myself, trust in, in uh, build my self-worth, keep challenging my employers and say, you know what? No, I'm worth more than I'm getting paid now and be willing to quit and go to another job where I'd be paid more mm-hmm. and the, building my sense of self-worth and knowing my value and saying, yes, you know what? I... I helped grow this department. I'm capable of this. I'm capable of that. And patting myself on the back and appreciating who I am and where, how far I've come, I think is key that you have to know your value. You have to know your value because as soon as you know your value, others will too. They see it. 
if you don't believe you're worth it, you're not going to, you're not, it's not going to be reflected in the outside world. And so it was a journey of learning to value myself, grow my sense of self-worth. And as I did, the outside world would reflect that back to me by getting paid more, getting better positions. And over time, I got to a good six-figure, cushy, comfort, comfortable corporate job. But even that, after many years, my instinct was like, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. There's something else out there. It's not, you know, I wasn't feeling good at that job anymore. And so once again, I trusted that instinct and faced this fear to quit. And I didn't know what the heck I'd do, Angela. I did not know, but I knew that this wasn't serving me anymore. Mm. So I faced that fear and quit that job and started my own company. And I'll tell you, if I never did that, I wouldn't be where I am today, which is the sale of a company I sold for $500,000. I wouldn't have been able to invest in the real estate that I was able to invest to into making tons of money on real estate, moving across the country to a cheaper area than LA. I mean, seriously, I, I, my life has been night. It's night and day different from where I've come from. And it's all because of learning to find my self-worth and self-value and trusting myself to get where I am today. Want to learn more about Productive Flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free, and you'll also get access to special content and resources. See you inside the group. You know, another thing that I'm I'm hearing behind all of this that I find is a very common thread for, for us entrepreneurs is the ability and willingness to take risks. Yeah. To say, I can put this out there and it's either going to succeed or it's going to fail. Yeah. And and that could be whatever business you're doing. It could be asking for more at your job. It could mm-hmm. be deciding to leave the job. It could be whatever, but it's like, we've been through so much worse and we're such survivors mm-hmm. that it's, it's easier. It's easier for us to take a risk, not saying it's easy, right? but for people that have never been through the trauma, I think the, the one thing that I can look back on and say, the thing that it gave me above all else was resilience. Yeah. Knowing that no matter what risk I took, I would be able to figure it out. Yeah. I'd be able to be okay. And I'd be able to move forward no matter what happened. And that's what I'm seeing in you as well. And that yeah. because you took those risks, that you face that fear, knowing, you know what? I'm going to land on my feet. It's okay. I can do this. I can trust myself that you always did. And that's That's what quantum leaps us, right? Yes. Into these, these, these brighter, bigger futures. That's the key is learning to trust yourself. If we're not Mm -hmm. tested like that, we don't get the opportunity to learn how capable we really are. Yeah. And that faith in ourselves and trust in ourselves exudes a confidence that does reflect to the outside world. When you're confident in yourself, Others are confident in you too. 100%. I can walk in a room of, of 
investors and business people who don't know me and instill a sense of confidence in myself right away. They'll feel that I'm capable because I know that I'm capable. And that comes from, you're right, getting the resilience that comes from being a survivor. Now, what's key, what was key for me, though, is to learn how to go from survival mode, which I was in for so long, to thriving. Yes. That's, that's, that was a key hurdle for me. And that didn't come till not that long ago. That's a big part of your book though, isn't Mm it? Mm -hmm. Is making that transition. Yeah. Because we can stay stuck in the survival mode. It's gotten us so far, but, um, that's been my journey is to go from survival to thriving. One key thing for me was learning to understand some of the limiting beliefs I had formed Mm. that I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier in our conversation. Uh, Those, some of those limiting beliefs that got, I survived with learning to look at those. Like I didn't even know what those were Mm. so that I could realize that, you know, those were necessary for survival, but those aren't going to serve me well going forward into an abundant life, a thriving life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just having uncovered those, you can uncover those a variety of ways. There are self-help books. You can get coaching. Coaching does a great job of uncovering those. I don't think therapy really focuses as much on the limiting beliefs as coaching does, but you can learn it through a variety of coaching, life coaching, business coaching, relationship coaching. Um, I uncovered some of mine through relationship coaching. And I talk about that in the book. Um, Relationship coaching just shed a light on, like I mentioned, this limiting belief I had that I'm responsible for everything, which really was taking over my relationships and causing issues. Here I am thinking, I'm a great person in relationships. Come to find out, you know, if we're in toxic relationships of any kind, we are contributing somehow to the toxicity, whether we are bringing in some of these limiting beliefs, which, you know, kind of feed into it or however we're bringing it in. We, if we're in a toxic relationship of any kind, that's a good indicator that it's time to kind of investigate things yourself, like do a little self-reflection um, because it's not just them. <laughs> it's not just them. And so other, other limiting beliefs I had were that, you know, if um, somehow, you know, there was an abandonment issue there. Of course, there's an abandonment issue. It makes a lot of sense. I didn't know that. We think, oh, we've survived our childhood. We've survived our trauma and we're doing well despite all that. I don't focus on that. I don't think about it. It doesn't affect me anymore, but it does. And I didn't realize that. So really getting to the bottom of that was really key for me to get to a point of thriving um, and attracting different relationships in my life that weren't based on these limiting beliefs that I had. So If anyone listening now hasn't uh, done that work yet, that is a big part of self-love is giving yourself that healing, mm-hmm. the healing um, of doing that self-investigation and getting that insight however you can. It's a beautiful gift to give yourself, mm-hmm. really. It does. It absolutely, 100%. It's total truth. <laughs> so tell me, um, tell us about about your book 
tell us about the book. So my we, book, I, I know people are saying, okay, like this sounds good. I love your story. What am I going to get from the book? What am I going to, what am I going to hear? What is it? How is it going to transform me? Yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, the, so the book is called, I love me more, how to find happiness and success through self-love. And it is about my journey. I decided to go ahead and rip open some of my most vulnerable stories. It was a tough process to go through, but I did it because that's how we're going to relate. That's how people understand, you know, how I got you know, where I came from and the journey I had to go through to get to where I am today. And so in order to do that, I had to share some of those really hard stories. Yeah. Um, but basically what you'll get in the book is not just the stories, but how I learned to choose myself and make myself my highest priority and to understand that it's not selfish. It's not narcissistic as my research uncovered that most of us women in particular believe some, like, I don't know if anyone was triggered just hearing me say to choose myself and make myself my highest priority. Someone might be thinking, well, God, that sounds conceited. And that's what happens. We get triggered and we think, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put myself first. My family comes first. My kids come first. My God comes first. Everyone else comes first. And that is how we've been programmed and conditioned. Unfortunately, that is not the best way to live. We think it is. That's what we've been modeled. That's how we've been raised. I was raised to Mm self-sacrifice. I was raised that everyone else comes first, but you, and yes, it would be selfish to put yourself first, but my journey has uncovered the opposite is true. You put yourself first, no matter what, because when you are happy and thriving, you have so much more to give to everyone else. I was operating in the opposite mode for so long where I was putting so much of myself into others. Let's say my relationship, for example, or my son or whatever. And I go into this in the book. It's important. That's why I share my story. Mm -hmm. So you can learn what I learned through my lessons. But, you know, I was putting so much of myself into a relationship, for example, because that's how I was raised was Mm -hmm. to give, give, give. And I loved, I love giving, but I was doing it to my own detriment. And what would happen is because I wasn't giving to myself first, I would be drained because I wasn't getting enough back. And so what happens is this pattern of us being resentful when we get to that point. That's the feeling of being drained. So I would get resentful and then that would cause arguments or whatever. I'm not an arguer. I'd say more like a confrontation, like, hey, I'm not getting what I need. And then my partner would be like, well, you know, let me try to help fix this. Or he'd get mad or wouldn't understand or whatever, but he'd want to make the peace. And like, but it was me, it was my problem. I had to realize that I was overgiving because I wasn't giving to myself. And I had this epiphany where I realized I, so I had this story. Do we have time for like a a story here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Because this, I think is really important to understand the shift that took place in me, especially when it came to relationships. I was, I was over giving in a relationship and it was giving to his kids, his business, his house, getting his house ready for sale. I'm pouring so much of myself. Just, this is what we do when we want to, you know, we do this for our loved ones. And of course, you know, then we need love back. And I wasn't getting enough back. And I started to feel this resentment. And I remember just 
thinking about my boyfriend at the time driving to the store and it just consumes me this thinking like, my God, I'm not getting enough back from him. He's not getting the affection. He's not da da da. You know, I wasn't getting what I needed and it was just consuming so much of my thought process. And I, and I'm sitting there in the parking lot, just thinking about it. And I'm like, I stopped and I was like, what am I doing? What is it that I really need right now? I need to stop this. Whatever this is, is not working well. Um, And I was like, what do I need? Well, I need some love and attention right now. So how can I give that to myself? And so I go to the store, I buy myself something nice that I could make at home. I get some aromatherapy. I go home. I just decided I wasn't going to think about him at all. Not going to think about him at all not his business, not none of the things that I was supposed to be doing for him in my mind that I made myself do. He didn't ask for these things. And I just said, I'm going to think about me right now. I'm going to focus on making me happy. I went and made a hot bath. I turned on some music that I like and I made myself a nice lunch and I just poured love on myself. And I felt literally instantly better instantly better. Yeah. And I was like in just such a beautiful state of being, you know, and I was like, ah, oh, I was just enjoying it for hours. And I was like, just relishing in this self-care. And my boyfriend comes home, the same one that I was mm-hmm. so mad at. And he, and he hadn't been giving me any affection lately. And you now I was just like, what is going, this is ridiculous. He comes home and he just poured love on me mm-hmm. like literally hugs me he didn't want to keep his hands off of me he's like mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god guess what Jenna you just <laughs> got everything you wanted because you gave it to yourself first that's right that's so and right I, and I realized at that moment we have to give to ourselves first first and then we get everything we want. We think we have to overgive. Self-sacrifice is the way, you know, that that's a loving, that's the way we show love. Those of us who are raised in traumatic situations, especially, and especially if we have narcissistic parents uh, or come from relationships that are, nar- you know, with narcissists, we just overgive. That's just how we're programmed. But we have to learn to give to ourselves and realize that it's not selfish. So it's an undoing of that programming. And I learned to undo that. And by giving to myself first, I I got what I needed. And I was so much more powerful and energized and had way more to give. But you got to realize you have to give in accordance with, with how much you give yourself. You give to yourself first and then what you have left over, you give. It's going to be a much better giving when you give that way. They're going to get more out of you. They're going to get more love, more energy, whatever. But you got to stop before you get drained and make sure you're giving to yourself. And so I talk about that in the book from relationships to jobs to um, our children and understanding that it's not selfish to give to ourselves first. In fact, if we're going to model a different behavior, you know, we learn most of our beliefs about the world around us by the time we're age seven. Yeah. I didn't know that, but when researching, I discovered that and I'm like, oh my God, well, if we're going to change this dynamic, we've got to also show our children mm-hmm. what self-love looks like. Oh yeah. That means we have to break the patterns yeah. and how do we get there? And so my book is really, it aims to serve as like a guide, like a roadmap to how you get there. 
in all these different circumstances. And, but yet, but that was really important first to overcome this idea that self-love is selfish and narcissistic Mm -hmm. and to really shed a light on what the difference is to be selfish is to, um, to do something at the expense of somebody else, right? Like, let's say there's food out and everyone's starving and you take all the food for yourself and you don't take into account anyone else. Self-love is not that you're not taking from anyone else. You know, you are giving to yourself first and you're, you're, it's not that you're not um, taking into account other people. You're absolutely empathetic and giving to other people, but you're just giving to yourself first. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. And it's, um, I'm so glad to hear that you've told this in story form in your book, because, uh, it is so important to connect our personal stories to our, um, just the lessons that we learned, everything that we took from it, seeing the, the progression of the success, seeing exactly. how it, it started here, but it ended here, but here's all the in-between because so many people are stuck in the in-between mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll hear something in the story that will resonate and say, oh, that's like <gasps> me. That's like my story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and they'll, they'll catch that and then they'll capture it. And then the lesson means more to them. They absorb it on a higher level because they connect it to the story. So I absolutely love that. So they can buy your book anywhere online Uh uh and and, in all the bookstores. Um, And it is called, I love love me more, more. how to find happiness and success through self-love by Jenna Banks. There happens to be another book or two out there with the same title, which there's no issues with that, but there is a distinction. So I was just saying, yeah, yeah, Okay. That's great. All right. And then, um, if they want to learn more about you and not just by the book, because I know when I see a book that I'm really excited about, it's usually because the author means something to me. So I'm like, I want the book, but I want everything else. Like what mm-hmm. else do you got? <laughs> you know? The best way to connect with me. I mean, I'm really active on social. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, all of that. But you can find links on my website, which is probably the easiest, um, which is Jenna dash banks.com. And I also offer a bunch of other stuff on the site. Like I have a, a journal, my blog is called my journal and I treat it like a journal. I like to share information, um, that I'm investigating now and that I'm learning now or elaborating on things from the book there. Um, I also have a, an, I love me more self-love playlist of over 40 songs that you can get for free for, That's uh, exciting for Apple and Spotify. And you can also connect with me there on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, all that good stuff. So awesome. That's wonderful. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for being on the show today and for sharing that story. It's, it's so transformational. And I know that so many of our listeners are going to take away so much from this. And I'm sure some of them have already gone to Amazon and purchased the book. They're listening to this. So if you're if you're hearing that and you're like, I totally did that, I know you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh thank you so much for having me on, Angela. This conversation, what you're doing is so powerful. And um, I really appreciate you having me on and having this conversation. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. And for you guys listening, 
if you're looking to take it to the next step, be sure to visit ProductiveFlowChallenge.com where you can hear about our five-day transformational challenge with me and the other coaches uh, from Productive Flow. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And especially, thank you for sharing the show and leaving a review on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. Want to learn more about Productive Flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free, and you'll also get access to special content and resources. Now, stay tuned for the next episode of Productive Flow.